and welcome to Pod Rocket. Today I'm here with Zach Weatherman, who is the creator and maintainer of Elevendy and also a developer at Netlify. How are you doing, Zach? Uh, good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, excited to have you on. And my my first question is, uh, what is 3 million? And for the folks who are just listening and not on video, Zach has like a Mylar balloon that says 3 million behind him. So I'm just, just curious. Yeah, it does say 3 million uh, until I guess a month or two ago, it said 2 million, but that's the um, yep running total tally of 11D downloads on NPM. Oh, awesome. Congrats. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed to admit how many numbered balloons I've prepared for in the future, but yeah, pre-ordered a few extras. We'll see what happens. Hey, gotta have gotta have confidence that you're gonna gonna hit those numbers. And the, the best way to do it is to buy balloons, and then you have no choice but to get there. Yep, it's a goal. And uh, I'm also maybe at some point we'll talk about the Node.js because we're we're we'll talking all about JavaScript. But you have a Node.js sign as well. So and that's like no N O, not N O D E. I know it's hard to hard to disambiguate there, but Node.js. Yeah, I mean that's. It was kind of, that that sign is born out of. I used to run a conference called Nebraska JavaScript Conference, and we had a stage sign that was NEJS Conf, and so I repurposed those letters <laughs> to say NoJS, which is just like the classic class that used to add to your HTML document to do like I don't know NoScript style progressive enhancement. Um, it's just kind of a nod to that. Got it. Well, very curious to learn about 11D. So maybe you could give us a quick overview um, of, of what you're building. Yeah, so 11D is a static site generator. Um, it, at, at its core, takes data and can makes it into HTML templates. It's not required to output HTML. It can output any kind of files that you want to generate. But um, yeah, the core use case is creating uh, websites with it. I've seen actually Folks use it to generate configuration files on their um, like command prompts, and all kinds of use cases have been uh, sort of coming out of the woodwork. But um, yeah, I mean, it's basically a tool to gen- make websites. Got it. And there's no shortage of tools to to make websites, obviously. So for folks that aren't um, as familiar with like what exactly a static site generator is. Could you give us an overview of like what's the ideal use case? How do you use it? Um, and then maybe we, we can talk about some of the, the prior art as well, because I know there have been many static site generators over the years. Yeah, I mean, at its core, it really just takes files on your file system and runs those through uh, a templating language. And 11D supports a bunch of different ones and then just outputs HTML at the end. So it, I really want 11D to live at the spot where you're, you, you basically have created HTML files for a while in a project. Uh, you haven't really needed any, any sort of automation at that point. But when you need something to sort of, I don't know, abstract away some of the repetitive work that comes from creating manual HTML files, you want to reach for something that, that you can use to automate that work. Um, and 11D can do a lot of that for you. So really, I want it to, to be a, just a very simple, bare bones tool um, to let you automate creation of HTML. Got it. So creation of HTML. So that's like I'm I'm building a website. Would the would the right way to think about it be more of like a simple kind of I guess, static website, like a splash page or a blog or something where 
there's not as much not as much interactivity, not as much of like a web application, but more of a website. Like, is that generally the use case? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like a lot of developers have classified, have started to classify building things for the web as a spectrum between um, static sites, which is more content heavy, and application style, which is more uh, a lot more interactivity. I think that it a, a lot of people would subscribe to that as more of a dichotomy rather than a spectrum, but I, I do see it as a spectrum. And Elevendy lives, um, can live uh, on all the way to the left of the spectrum, which is just content heavy sites, but you can also add interactivity to it. I wouldn't use it to build a single page application by any means because it doesn't have those, um, the extra bundling and all of that stuff that you'd expect with a spa based uh, site generation tool. Um, but yeah, it works great for generating content sites for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that I agree with that, that it feels like it should be more of a spectrum rather than a, a binary, like static or not, because you think about it, let's think about like a, a marketing page for a SaaS application. You may have a bunch of completely static pages, but then you have a, a pricing page. It has like some sort of pricing calculator where you type in different information and it shows you, or maybe there's an embedded mini demo of the product or a spreadsheet or who knows what. Um, and so while much of the site could be static, you could have some amount of embedded content. I'm curious, like when you use 11D and you have some amount of interactive content in a site, can you use React or Vue or any um, kind of more single page app uh, framework in there? Or what's like the way that you would add interactivity to a templated site with with 11D? Yeah, so there's kind of two different, I feel like, discussions that come out of that question. And and one is how to use components with 11D. And the other is how do you add interactivity to 11D with components. So 11D does have a server-generated component story. We don't talk about it a ton um, just because our primary use case is really like content-heavy sites. But we do have a Vue plugin that lets you use uh, Vue single-file components. And there are a few community plugins but the view plugin is like an officially supported one by the core team. Um, and then there are um, React plugins and Svelte plugins for it, but those aren't officially supported yet. Um, so in terms of like server generated components, we do have a, a story there. Now adding interactivity to the site is, is um, and in the form of like dynamic components that have client side JavaScript, that has been something historically that has lived in, the application developer's realm. So people would add a bundler onto the front of 11D to uh, bundle your client-side interactivity um, as needed. And we do actually have a, uh, we do provide an officially supported Vite plugin as well um, to do some of that bundling work for you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would I would probably encourage folks to, to go that route if they wanted to do more. Um, component-based, heavy client-side interaction, um, uh, yeah, site building. And how about like if you want to, you know, I have my static site, but I need a bit of JavaScript to do some animations or build like a, a carousel or lightweight interactivity, and I want to be able to use TypeScript or, uh, you know, other modern dialects of JavaScript that require uh 
transpilation or bundling. What's the best way to do that with 11D? I mean, I really kind of think that the the Veet plugin might be your best bet at that point. Um, yeah, or I mean, 11D can because 11D doesn't support officially support like an official bundler, you can always add a bundler on top of 11D. And there's been a number of community contributions um, in the in terms of blog posts and plugins um, to do that work for you. So, I mean, I've seen ESBuild, I've seen Webpack, I've seen a number of different bundlers um, being leveraged on top of 11D. And the reason 11D hasn't really taken a strong stance on, on that realm yet is because it changes so often. Um, and I and just in terms of long term maintenance of the project, uh, I think that that really takes you, like picking an official bundler really takes you down the road of um, having to migrate a lot of code away, or it really takes you down the uh, heavy maintenance burden road that I don't think is the right thing for at least the type of projects that Eleven D is um, trying to let folks do. And so I'm curious to understand a bit how Eleventy compares to previous um, static site generation tools. Like um, I think Jekyll is one. Um, there's probably a bunch of others. Like, in what ways did you take inspiration from previous tools in the space, and where did you depart from some of the paradigms of the past? Yeah, I mean, I want to say that Eleventy was originally um, created. In, at least in part, to serve my own personal website. So my personal website has gone through many different technology stacks over the years. It's been around since 2006, I believe. Um, it was originally a WordPress site. And I think somewhere in like 2011 or 2012, it became a Jekyll site. Well, maybe it was not, it's not quite the right year, but um, yeah, it was a Jekyll site for many years. And then in 2017, 2018, it became an Eleventy site. And so Eleventy is really heavily influenced by Jekyll. I really liked the file system conventions and the file system baseline um, that, that Jekyll had. And I think Jekyll has, uh, still has a lot of really great ideas around using the local file system to, to drive zero configuration projects. Um, so yeah, I would say Eleventy is, is, uh, I mean, I don't want to say that we're like intending to steal Jekyll's mindshare, but um, it's definitely heavily influenced by Jekyll. And if you're familiar with Jekyll, you should be able to get going with Eleventy pretty easy. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for Pod Rocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show. And then I'm curious, like... You know, we, we've talked a lot on the podcast about Next.js and Gatsby, and both of those are, you know, much heavier weight, um, you know, larger scale tools that certain that let you build a full web application, but they do also have a story around static site generation or incremental static regeneration or server-side rendering, like all of which can theoretically get you a similar result to what you could build with a tool like Jekyll or 11D. So 
I'm curious, like how would you how would you explain to a developer who has a a static site to build or a mostly static with a bit of interactive site to build when they're thinking about going the 11G route or Jekyll route versus bringing in a Next.js or Gatsby? Yeah, so it really comes down to me to the long-term maintenance of the project. Do you want your project to be uh, React? Do you want it to use React on the client? I feel like React in many ways is a lot heavier now in comparison to a lot of the alternative client-side frameworks that are available. And so when you buy into React on your full stack, you're not just buying into it at the server rendering level, you're also buying into it on the client. Um, And that creates a a little bit heavier performance burden, in my opinion. Um, And you can get away with a lot more um, with a lot less on the client now with new frameworks that are coming out. Um, And really, in my personal work, I've really leaned heavily into web components. Um, Not to say that web components is the only alternative to React. I wouldn't necessarily put them in the same realm. But um, yeah, I've gotten a lot of mileage out of web components in terms of you get um, hydration almost for free. Like you don't have to query the DOM to see what components need to be initialized in a web component world. Uh, You get all of that for free. Um, So yeah, I've gotten a lot of mileage out of using web components on the client and various frameworks on the server. And just in case anyone out there is not familiar, um, could you explain what, what is the difference between a web component and a component that people think of in React or Vue or Angular? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very spicy question because uh, <laughs> I feel like everyone's definition of web components is a little bit different. Um, and even my definition, I feel like, made a sharp turn, I want to say probably like four years ago, four or five years ago. Um, I use web components uh, exclusively for progressive enhancement. So I don't use web components to server render component. Uh, I don't use them to sort of encapsulate components on the server so that I can render them in a bunch of different places. I use them purely for progressive enhancement. So layering JavaScript interactivity onto a server-generated page. Um, And I think that is the most bang for your buck when it comes to web components. It's not necessarily... So when you come from it with a mental model of a React or a Vue or um, some of those other JavaScript frameworks on the client, you expect the entire component to be encapsulated. I want to use... I want to just have one tag and I want all of the the markup that gets generated to be generated from that one tag. And that's not how I use web components. I use the light DOM of web components to provide the progressive enhancement fallback of the server rendered markup. And then the web component adds interactivity, event listeners, whatever animations you want to add inside of that, just inside of that web component code. Um, And so if JavaScript fails or doesn't run or hasn't loaded yet, the page will still uh, look and act uh, in a way that is still usable to the end user. You mentioned before that 11D supports a few different template languages. Um, Could you explain what is a template language in this context and which ones 11D supports and which, what are your recommendations on how to choose a template language? 
Yeah, so I think we have 10 or 11 templating languages right now. Um, we support Liquid, which is sort of Shopify's Jekyll templating language um, that I feel like a lot of Jekyll folks are very familiar with. Uh, we support Nunjux, which is Mozilla's um, templating language, which is very popular. Um, Handlebars, Mustache, EJS, Hamel, Pug. Uh, and then I feel like Markdown is... Uh, a big one as well, just plain Markdown. But we also let you pre-process Markdown so you can do um, a little bit more. You have a little bit more templating language power inside of those. Um, and then we also have like a raw JavaScript one. So um, it's 11d.js, um, but really it's just like a, a function in a file and we feed it data and you can return your template literals or however you want to generate your your um, HTML from inside of raw JavaScript. So um, yeah, I mean, recently we added um, custom extensions also, so you can add your own um, server generated uh, template language as well. Um, so there's a lot of different power and extension there. How does 11DJS, the template language, compare with JSX, which is, I guess, kind of a template language that is kind of JavaScript? Yeah, I mean, if you uh, add a bundler, you can certainly uh, use JSX inside of an 11e project. But um, 11e JavaScript is really just like plain Jane JavaScript. So you can have a data function um, that returns data for the template, and you can put in a render function. Um, so it'll be really familiar just to any folks that expect, I want to write raw JavaScript, I want to um, return a string, and have that be written to the file system. So you work at Netlify, um, and I'm curious: is 11D? It's your it's your personal project, but um, does Net, Netlify? It sounds like supports your work on 11D, and I'm curious, like what that relationship is like, and um, was that something they were comfortable with from day one, or something you pitched to be important to kind of the general work uh, Netlify is doing? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah, so I feel like uh, the open source thing is super cool, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, so, but 11D predated my work at Nellify. So 11D is two, like 2017, 2018 um, origins, and I've wor been working at Nellify just over two years now. So uh, a couple years after 11D's conception, and so for uh, a while at Nellify, because I just started this open source arrangement uh, a few months ago. So for most of my time at Netlify, I was on the marketing team. I made marketing websites. Uh, I worked on Netlify.com. And that is uh, an 11D site. So it's using 11D. It's written in 11D. It's using the officially supported Vue plugin to generate all the server rendered markup in using Vue components. Um, so there's a lot of overlap pre-OSS sponsorship between uh, 11D and my work at Netlify. And so, yeah, fast forward <laughs> to a couple months ago, um, I have basically been asking for more time to work on 11D. <laughs> I mean, we could sort of see behind the scenes that 11D's popularity was growing. Um, and 11D gets a huge benefit out of me working at Netlify specifically because there's a lot of overlap between Netlify's goals and 11D's goals. Um, like 11D, even 
I would say from a higher perspective, from a 10,000 foot view, we take a lot of like architectural um, similarities between what Netlify is trying to do and what Eleventy is trying to do, because Eleventy is really, uh, we don't necessarily want control of all your code. We want, we want to make an ecosystem play. And that's kind of what Netlify is doing as well. Um, they want to invest in as many frameworks as they can um, and have a variety of tools that work on the platform. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of benefit that I've gotten out of working at Netlify because I kind of get to see behind the scenes where Netlify is going before things are released. And so I can have um, support shipped for new features that come out on day one, which I feel like is a big competitive advantage. We had day one um, support for Netlify edge functions and run running 11D on the, on the edge. And so that was, I guess, the first big example of the the uh, sort of unified benefit of having both and under the same umbrella. And tell me a bit about 11D's roadmap. What are what does the next year look like, and what's the the long term vision? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. We have just a ton of things on the roadmap in terms of um, I want custom templates to support things that aren't necessarily um, text file templates. Um, I'd like to see even uh, like a better story around client side components as well. Not necessarily dipping all the way into server, uh, single page application realm, but handling more of the spectrum um, of content heavy sites to spa sites um, and handling more of those use cases. I'd like to see um, more partial hydration style components on the client and a better bundling story too, um, not just for JavaScript and CSS, but for all of the different assets that you might use on a website. So icons, fonts, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff I sort of have on the roadmap that I'm that I'm working towards, and I want 11D to to work in a way that is more layered from the beginning. So I feel like a lot of a lot of competitive frameworks right now are going heavily into edge and they want everything to be running on the edge. Um, but really, I still see 11D at its core as being a site generator, um, generating static files in the output. And now we do have a bunch of different um, options and rendering modes that let you sort of uh, at a per route level configure those to be used in a different way. But Really, at our core, we're, we're going to continue to be a build tool um, and a static site generator tool. Um, and more dynamic use cases will come under the umbrella, but um, those will be enhancements that get uh, layered on top. And I've heard somewhere that you recently passed 3 million downloads on NP NPM. Um, not, not sure where I heard that, but um, I'm, I'm curious... How did how do you approach kind of spreading the word and and building a community and you know getting more folks to to use to use the the tool? Yeah, I mean that's uh, been kind of a wild ride uh, a little bit in terms of um, yeah the number of downloads seems to outpace even our GitHub stars. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it seems like there's a lot of folks that are using it that aren't necessarily like big developers and we're hitting that use case where um, folks that 
are just getting into development or using 11D because you really don't have to write a ton of code to generate a website with 11D. Um, there isn't, you don't have to write any client-side JavaScript. I mean, at 11D at its core, it can generate um, HTML from one single markdown file. You feed it a markdown file and it'll output HTML for you. So I don't know, we live in this kind of very interesting space of being tailored to both beginners and experts like uh, web.dev, Google's web.dev website uses 11D. And so there's a lot of sort of big high profile um, cases of of expert level developers using 11D for their sites. And, um, and now that I realize that uh, as I'm talking, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just kind of like how you, how did you get to 3 million? And was it yeah, was it just very organic and people found 11D and started spreading the word? Or did you actively promote the project and you know, try to recruit community members and maintainers? And um, yeah, yeah, how, I, yeah. I, I think if you saw, um, if you watched over my shoulder running this project, I would not think that anyone would assume that I went into an active promotion role. <laughs> For it, so I think it has been a lot of word of mouth, which has been awesome to see. I think really the the main benefit that we've gotten out of um, out of community folks is that Eleventy is very configurable, and so people love teaching others how they've configured it and how they've used it. Um, it isn't necessarily like a uh, all included framework, and so it isn't necessarily like an all included tool. So there's a lot of different ways to do a lot of different things with 11D. And, and we just have like a great community of folks that love um, teaching others how they use it and the tips and tricks that they've used to, to get this certain result or what have you. So yeah, there's a lot of great educators in the community and it's been really awesome to see. So Zach, it's been fantastic having you on the show and, and learning about 11D. Um, for folks out there who want to learn more, we will put a bunch of links in the bio, but would, would like to ask you what, what's the best way for someone to get started, try out 11D, um, you know, you know, if someone's thinking about spinning up a new site, what's the best way to get started? Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, uh, two command getting started on 11D.dev, which is our website. Um, so with those two commands, you can run an 11D project. It's really super easy to get started and there's not much to it. So, Awesome. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show description. Zach, thank you so much and uh, hope to have you on again someday. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.